This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction Preview Series where we look ahead to the next Arsenal match which brings back some pretty bad memories a year ago against Olympiacos and hopefully Arsenal are going to turn things around this time and prove that they can in fact beat their Greek nemesis. And to look ahead to the game, I'm joined by two of our expert members. First of all, it's a man who has been on plenty of times now. It's Jared. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Doing really good. How are you, Tom? Yes, very good. Very, very good. Thank you very much. Um, and it's interesting, obviously, the fact that we're talking again, isn't it, ahead of Olympia? I mean, I was on with Sophie the other day, and she said that it's, I've got work on the pronunciation because it's Olympiakos. Is is how we're going with it. Apparently, I'm told she. I mean, she has the what's the word? The priority over me in terms of the pronunciation. Yeah, she's got it over you and me both because uh, I say Olympiacos also. Yeah, yeah, which we're just both wrong. It's just how it is. <laughs> Dear me. Not the uh, first time. Yes, of course. Not the first time either of us have been wrong, it's fair to say. Um, and I'm, we might go on to that with your lineup selection in a second. <laughs> so we'll go through that. Uh, we're also joined um, by Lewis. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's really funny because my surname, if anyone's seen it in the chat, is actually from Cyprus. So I should have right. a bit more of authority of how to pronounce Greek names. Clearly don't. Clearly don't. <laughs> I love the way Sophie just like sounds so well-spoken. Like very typical British, and then she'll go into talking about Socrates or yes. Olympiakos, and it's like, yeah. oh my word, okay, then no, you are Greek, you are Greek, okay, I remember. Yeah. yeah, it's so seamless how she just pronounces them straight off the bat, just talking about it like from North London, and all of a sudden just transitions uh, seamlessly. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit jealous, actually. Um, anyway, moving forwards into actually looking ahead to the game, we'll come onto some of our lineups uh, very, very soon. Um, but Jared, are, is this for me? This is a bit of a dream tie in a way because I was so done in at the end of the game last year. I was absolutely fuming um, that it's a good opportunity for Arsenal to get 
the, the revenge, if anything. Are you looking forward to this? And you glad that ultimately we drew them? I really was, you know, there was a couple teams in there. I definitely didn't want. And after that, you know, there was some easier matchups and then a few that would be interesting. And this definitely falls into the interesting, uh, after the way it ended last year, I think it left our entire fan base pretty devastated that day after the game. And I think it's a great opportunity and we've got a lot of the same players. So, you know, if any group was going to be motivated to go out and perform well in this tie, you know, it should be the group of guys we have now after the way things ended last year. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think, a game in which will show, obviously, kind of the, the improvement that we've made in a way, the progression that we've had, the better players that we've now got. And obviously, the league table doesn't represent any kind of progress as of yet. But where we finish in this competition and, and in the league as well, obviously, give us some idea as to how we've kind of moved forwards. Lewis, are you concerned in any way about this game? Obviously, we know that there are no mugs. that We're not going to underestimate them because of how well they did against us last time. But is it a game that you're concerned about? I think with how critical it is for our season and how inconsistent we have been, yes, obviously, you'd be foolish to think that we find ourselves in a very similar to situation to Benfica but mm. I think the team's shown a lot of character and you would imagine we'd have enough over two legs to get through yet we all thought that last time and we made Benfica a lot more difficult for ourselves than it actually needed to so I would always say cautious optimism being an Arsenal fan yeah, always cautious optimism, which is ultimately let down quite often. <laughs> it's just, it's just how we build ourselves up with all this hope, and we go into these games. I mean, doing this show and doing the fact that we get the previews and the and the predictions and the score lines going into the chat ahead of the Man City game. I mean, even in the podcast the other day, looking ahead to the Spurs game, it was all positive, and people were like, "Yes, we're going to win these matches," and we're so often let down. I mean, it's, it's it has been a very strange season, Jared, but. Thinking about that, we're now what I mean, six games away from the final, winning this game, quarter final, semi final. Um, and we don't know, obviously, who could we face if we manage to get over that first hurdle. But how do you actually think the team need to go into this tie? Do you think, with the kind of the narrative around revenge, the narrative around like this is a chance to, to make up for what happened last year, do you think Arteta might use that as kind of a motivational tool? Or is it very going to much be we know what we're about, we know how to play our game and just focus on what we need to do? You know, I think as far as in the locker room, that may be something, you know, obviously it's going to come up at some point. And it is a good way to motivate people and they should feel motivated. They, they played well enough to win that tie last year and didn't get it done. So they, they should have that motivation to go out there and get a better result this year. It, I'm kind of torn on this one because and, and you'll see it's kind of reflected when I when we get to the lineups. I know mine will probably be very different from from you guys and probably a lot of people in the chat will dislike my lineup. But the way I approach it is, while we should be looking to get revenge and use that as motivation, the first leg, I want to be as risk-averse as possible. We can't go in and lose the tie in the first leg. That's how I approach it. Um, so I kind of, I, you can't go down to 10 men. You can't get red cards. You can't have the errors leading to goals. All of those things are absolute killers if we go out in the away leg and do that. So while all the players should have that motivation, we should talk about that a lot. I've kind of went the opposite way in terms of setup and that I think we need to be somewhat conservative, but more so just put out a lineup that is not going to make those big errors and end the tie that first game on the road. Mm. 
Ed Welch in the chat says we need to take these one game at a time and focus on Olympiacos. We can't afford for players to lose focus and be thinking about any other rounds uh, ahead of us already. And Lewis, we, we know the quality that Olympiacos have. Um, they've added quality since as well. They've added the, the narrative will be Socrates, um obviously moving out there and, and joining them from us. He would have been able to give them inside knowledge maybe of what Arteta's tactics have tried to, been, uh, to, try to be Sorry, this season. They've added other other players in like Lala right back they've got Valbuena we know a lot about as well from his time at Marseille and and in, in the French national side so they are no mugs El Arabi is still there the striker that of course scored the goal against us at the Emirates too so how concerned are you about the, the players that they have and where do you think and ultimately what do you think about Socrates being there as well um well I listened to Charles Watts today on YouTube and he did an interview with uh, Bruma um, mm. And apparently one of the quotes from there is apparently Socrates has been saying, um, I know about their centre-backs or something along those lines to try and infiltrate some, uh, some weaknesses. You've got to be worried. I also saw another video um, from AFTV. Robbie interviewed a couple of guys that run an Olympiakos channel. And they're really confident that they've recruited some good fullbacks who are a lot quicker, who are a lot more aggressive, who are going to put the pressure on us. I think if we can dictate our play and we can get to the possession and still play from the back, I still think we're good at playing from the back. I think we will find the pocket. What we can't do, kind of what Jared said, is give away silly mistakes. But I think that's more of a personality thing than a personnel thing. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the the mistakes is always going to be something that needs to be gradually weaned out of the side. Arteta has tried to do that by moving on some of the key players we know have made mistakes, Mustafi, Kalasnach, etc. Um, there are still some in, in that lineup that we've got. Louise uh, is arguably one of our better centre backs right now, and for me, is probably in our our strongest starting pair with Pablo Marie uh, at the moment. Um, but he obviously does have the mistakes in him, as we know. Granite Xhaka is one of our more consistent midfielders, but as we know, has a big mistake in him, like we saw against Burnley. And maybe that means that some of us will suggest he should be rotated out for this game. We'll have a look at the lineups uh, immediately. We're going to look at them right now. And Jared, you're going to go first, mate, and talk us through your selection for Thursday's game. All right. So, so like I said, I kind of approached it with we need to get an away goal. Obviously, that's a, a key thing here. So, I went with a team that's got a good attack. And on the back end, like I said, I don't want to do something to lose this tie on the first leg. So I kind of took the risk-averse approach and took out all the players that tend to have those errors in them. Um, so with that, in goal, Leno, I think that's pretty straightforward. We're all going to have him. Uh, at right back, I've got everybody, go. in, the, everybody <laughs> in the chat's favorite player, Hector Bellerin. And the reason for this is, is like I said, when, when I say I take out Granite Xhaka because I'm afraid of the big error, Everyone basically agrees with that, and no one really gets after me in the chat. When I say <laughs> I take off Cedric for the same reason, people are going to go crazy because it's kind of the in vogue thing to dislike Hector Bellerin. But looking at it realistically, in the last four years in the Premier, Premier League, four full seasons now, the number one player in errors leading to goals, outfield players, obviously, is Granite Xhaka. Number two for the entire league is Cedric. So I don't buy into this. He's going to solidify the defense and he's better than Bellerin. He's got an error in him more than Bellerin does. So for that reason, I'm sticking with Hector in that spot. Uh, the center back pairing, uh, Pablo Mari has, has been great. I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations and he's been consistent. I, I like his spot in there. Um, I, I'm with you. I think in general, if you had to look at our best pairing, I'm with you. It's probably David Luiz, but 
because he does have the error in him, I, I want this first leg. I'm going to put Rob Holding in there. He and Mari have had a good partnership and had some good results. So I feel pretty good about those two. Uh, Kieran Tierney is a given. If he's healthy, he's in there every game, no question. Uh, the midfield two, Thomas Party, kind of the same thing. Clearly the class of our midfield. If he's healthy, he's in. And I paired him with Ceballos, who I know recently did have a pretty big blunder, but uh, bounced back when he came on as a sub against Burnley, and I thought looked pretty lively in that game and really offered something going forward. Uh, so I'm willing to give him a shot here. Uh, this is one where I'm pretty sure Arteta is going to go the other way. I expect us to play Party and Jaka, but uh, my choice for the same reasons be Ceballos and Party. Uh, up front, it sounds like ESR is going to have maybe a workout today and check fitness levels to see if he travels. You know, even if he passes that and does travel, I, I don't think I expect him to start. So I think we will see Odegaard at the 10 tomorrow. And then in the attacking three, uh, on the right side, another given. Bukayo Saka is our right winger. He's the best one we have, best player on the team. He's in without a doubt. Uh, on the left, this was one where I, th I think Lacazette's played well enough this year that you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him start. He's an experienced player. He's a veteran presence. But Pepe's looked good of late, and he's another one. When he came on against Burnley, looked really lively. While we didn't convert, he created a lot of dangerous opportunities for us, and I think he's warranted earning himself a start. And mm. then up front, you know, Alba's the captain. He's going to lead the line, and I expect him to be out there. Um, if Lacazette plays, obviously, he'd be on the left, but... Uh, like I said, I like Pepe to get the start. I think he's done enough to earn it of late. And then uh, I like Alba out front to hopefully uh, really want some revenge for the miss at the end of the game last year. <laughs> uh, I'll react to, to that after we've heard from all of them. So, Lewis, here's yours. Talk us through it, mate. So, yeah, mine is definitely a bit different. Um, I've gone with, as, as Jared said, you know, Tierney, if he's fit, he's at left back. Mari been excellent, and I think I like the way he actually he gets a lot of not stick, but he's a no nonsense uh, centre back, which true, but he can punch the ball into midfield, so I think he gets a bit of a, a bum rap at times about his mm. um, uh, inability to be progressive in the way we want to play. David Luiz does give you that extra option, those breaking passes that can clear midfield if need be, but he's in. Um, and then I've gone Cedric at right back. Um, I'm kind of going to, I want to pin that thought there. Um, my midfield, Shaka and Partey. Partey, our best midfielder. And the reason why I've gone with Shaka kind of leads into the reasons why I've gone for the wingers ahead of Tierney and Cedric, respectively. When we were playing three at the back last season, as Tierney was coming out of left centre-back um, and you had Saka at left wing-back, Shaka was so important to that relationship up that left-hand side. And I think this suits it nicely. Jack has been amazing on the right-hand side, but I did think he looked a bit jaded in uh, on the weekend. So I think by putting him back on the left, that relationship he's got with Tierney is really good. You can see they know each other's movements instinctively, and I can see it being a hard game to break people down. Similarly, that's why I've gone with Pepe on the right, even though he had a, a big improvement on the left. He's developed a nice little instinctive relationship with Cedric. I think if you've got a Tierney and Saka intuitive relationship on one side, Cedric and Pepe similarly on the other side, that can bring some movement. Odegaard and Obi are just hoping Odegaard keeps the play ticking and Obi can snap up some chances. 
You pinned Cedric um, earlier on and kind of talked about him as, as differently, I suppose, to to Jared. What do you make about Jared saying about the mistake that he's got in, in the errors leading to goal? Do you still think ultimately he's the right man to play ahead of Bellerin at the moment? I mean, I, I've watched a lot of your stuff and I do think that what Bellerin gives you is without being, you know, spectacular, he does give an air of defensive solidity in our own third. I think attacking-wise, while he, his, his crossing has been so poor, the amount of times, or maybe it just sticks out to me as an Arsenal fan, but there's been more than one occasion that Bellerin's poor crossing, uh, we've been counted against. And I think that Cedric is far more intelligent in his attacking play. But whilst maybe he's potentially open for a mistake and maybe Bellerin is a bit less vulnerable in that sense, he'll recycle the ball or he'll put in a more dangerous cross. And I think that relationship with Pepe is so is so positive. You can get so much more out from it. It asks the question, if you can, you know, attack is the best form of defence. If we have the ball, if we can recycle the ball, we're going to be less vulnerable against the Olympia side, Olympiacos side that those will be dangerous. You still expect us to be dictating the play and the narrative of this game. Uh, in terms of what I've gone for, I've gone exactly the same as, as Lewis, except I've just swapped the, the wings <laughs> over. Um, so it's, it's very similar. Um, I've I gone for Cedric as well. He didn't play against Burnley because supposedly he was ill um, for that game and that's why he, didn't, he wasn't in the squad. But it was very interesting to see the fact that Chambers came straight in instead of it being Bellerin um, for whatever reason. I saw uh, No Sleep in the chat uh, suggested that um, apparently Bellerin had asked uh, basically to move on this summer. Now, as far as I'm aware, that's not something that's come across my lane. All The only info I've got around Bellerin is that there was supposedly some truth in the rumours that him and Arteta have had a conversation well in advance of, of the Burnley game that this could be his final season at the at the club and they look to move him on this summer. So I'm not sure if that is any reason as to why. I think that he chose Chambers to give us more kind of defensive solidity on the counter against Burnley and, and to offer us more uh, on that side, especially with with Pepe and, uh, sorry, um, Saka and William playing together against Burnley. So I think that's why he went with it. But I think Cedric should come back in if he is now fit and he has been training for Swarms on where so that should be no problem at all. Uh, Marie and Louise, I just think it's the most competent uh, two at the back at the moment, the most experienced pair. Um, Marie and Holding are very similar ages, but Marie in terms of his, his experience of playing across different continents, different leagues, uh, and I think his consistency this season when he's played has been more consistent than, than Holding has been. And that's not to say that Holding's not been really consistent. I think Holding's had a, a couple, two or three poor games all season. But Marie, I can't really pick out a really poor game from him, to be honest. He's made some individual errors. The penalty he gave away against Chelsea, uh, the way he backed off against Tillemans, against Leicester. But besides these individual moments, he has been very, very good otherwise from that. And I agree with Lewis, the fact that he does move the ball into midfield really well with with his passing when he tries it too. Tierney, it's just self-explanatory really. Uh, Xhaka and Partey in the middle. I I was tempted to go with Ceballos um, to give Xhaka a rest, but 
I don't know. I just kind of feel like after that mistake against Burnley, do I do you drop him and then just completely throw him under the bus? I'm not. I'm not so sure if that's the right way to go about it. And I think that he does make our left hand side a hell of a lot better with regards to his passing and the way he distributes it to the left wing. Uh, and speaking of the left wing, I've gone for Pepe there because I I really liked him when he was playing on the left. I think Saka's better than uh, Pepe on the right as well, and I think that it makes Pepe less predictable. And I think he'll give uh, Kenny Lala on their right hand side a lot of issues um, with his trickiness as well. Erdogan coming straight back in. I thought he didn't have the most amazing of games against Burnley. I don't believe he actually deserved to get substituted off for his performance, but I didn't think he was amazing. Um, but he should come back in as our only real kind of fit number 10 with Emil smith or having trained. He might be in the squad uh, for tomorrow's game, but he might not yet be ready to start. But his injury is is coming along and he shouldn't be out for too much longer, if at all. And Aubameyang up top, as we've all kind of agreed on that sense too. And, and hopefully he will want to build upon the fact that he missed that huge charge against Olympiacos last season in the last kicker kind of the game and it cost us and hopefully you want to turn things around so that concludes our lineup predictions as we move to the final part of the show which is of course predictions so chat box do get your scoreline predictions in for the game and we'll read through some of those uh, at the end but Lewis I'm going to start with you mate give me your prediction scoreline and scorers uh, for the game please going to go with 2-0 then we'll keep a clean sheet. Over goal. Pepe goal. Okay. That's solid. It's, it's good. I think a 2-0 uh, and two away goals going into the home leg would be very favourable for us. Jared? Uh, pretty similar. Um, I predicted this one 2-1 to Arsenal. And I actually had the same two scorers, Alba and Pepe. There you go. Uh, and I was even more optimistic. I went for 3-0 because <laughs> I am just the most optimistic man on earth, clearly. Um, and obviously, it's going to be an Alba with two and a Cedric Screamer uh, is what's going to be the uh, the two goal scorers, which if we can kill this game in the first leg, which I know we always kind of talk about, we talked about it with the Benfica game. But it would be a massive boost as well going into the Spurs game. We would be able to bring players off in the second half to give them a rest ahead of that North London derby at the weekend. So it, how we approach this game is going to be kind of really intriguing in regards to lineup substitutions throughout the game and, and kind of have the route that the game takes as well. Um, let's go into the chat box and see what you guys are saying in regards to your predictions. Uh, Zorji says 2-1. Uh, Ed says 2-1 Arsenal, Socrates scoring for them. It's just written in the stars that that's going to happen for 100%. Alex Bartnick uh, says 2-2. Uh, Gonna go Holly says 2-0 Arsenal, Aubameyang and Saka to score. Uh, Ed says 3-1. We get away. Uh, we get the away goals we need to move on. Daniel Roberts says 6-0 Arsenal. He's always uber positive, is Dar Daniel. Uh, Aubameyang to score two hat-tricks, beating Giroud's hat-trick six years ago. <laughs> Jack Webb says 3-0, finally a comfortable knockout game for Arsenal. Bismarck says 4-0 uh, to the... I'm hoping that's to the Arsenal anyway. Uh, Matt G says 2-0, Arsenal, Aubameyang with two and Erdogan with one. I don't know how you've managed to do that. Uh, that would be incredible to get a 2-0 scoreline with three players scoring. Hopefully there's no own goals in that, Matt. <laughs> Machiavelli says 1-1 or a 1-0 for Arsenal. He's sitting on the fence pretty firmly there. Karthik says 3-0, Aubameyang, Brace and a Louise header. W says 3-1, Porky Pork says 2-1. Uh, Steve Stone says 1-1, no clean sheet again. I'm sorry. You have to apologise because I don't. we don't deal with this negativity in our chat box. Uh, and Zorji says, never mind, 3-1. You changed my mind. <laughs> Fair enough. We've changed his <laughs> mind, which is obviously a win. Um, we finished off the show, of course, by letting the guys uh, give a shout-out to where you can find them on the social medias. A massive thank you to Jared. Really appreciate your time, mate. Tell people where they can find you. 
Always a pleasure to come on and join you for a quick pod. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter right down there. It comes up as Chicago Gooner, and I'm pretty active on there for the most part. There you go. Go give Jared a follow. And Lewis, much appreciated time, mate. You're not on Twitter, I believe, um, but they can find you in the Discord server. can find me in the Discord server, but I am genuinely tempted to maybe start doing a little bit oh, more. Don't do it. And, may, and, may, and maybe, don't do it, don't do it. Don't Advise do it. against it. <laughs> Honestly, it's, once it's you start, you won't stop. On... <laughs> I'm playing it by ear. I'm playing it by. I've got an idea to do a little, get a bit more involved in the Arsenal community, but I've not got anything set up yet. But maybe next time I will. Maybe I'll have my own Twitter handle and doing some more bits and pieces by then. Fair enough, Lewis. Fair enough. I, I obviously, I, I'm not going to tell you which one or the other. Just my advice would be really think about it because once you're in, you can't get out. That is the biggest problem with it, for sure. <laughs> I know a fair few people that would wish they never set up their own Twitter account. Anyway, thank you so much to my fantastic guests, Jared and Lewis. You can find them or you can find Jared on his social media and maybe we'll find Lewis very soon on Twitter. You can make sure you follow us at the Guna Talk TV and at Tom Cantor Media. I'll be back straight after the game tomorrow night and fingers crossed should for the first time in a few weeks because i'm not working thank god during one of the games i'll be joining hugh Izzy for the watch along as well so make sure you tune in to hugh's channel for that we will see you again then straight after the game best of luck to the boys let's hope we can take away a massive victory away from home and kill the tie off in the first leg so we'll see you again very very soon and as always up the arsenal It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.